I was on. Now I'm off. I'm on back on. Uh, church should be a house of refuge, amen? amen. A house of, house of refuge for those in need, for the broken, for the weary, for the ones that need victory. And you know, I have seen as an example time and time again in our church of people who have seen victory won in their lives. And you know what? There's no greater testimony than what God is doing in the lives of his people today. And uh, with that said, someone who we've seen several victories over the past couple years, and we're declaring ultimate victory today, we're going to welcome up Ethan Corey. He's got a testimony to share. Looking at all these people, that sick card, I should have played it this morning. Uh, no, I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, so many of you don't know me. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Ethan Corey. Uh, I came to this church probably like, I'd say like 10, 12 years ago when it was down the street. Uh, I got saved here uh, at Sunshine Open Bible. And uh, when I first got saved, I got baptized. I was like, yep, there goes all my problems. Ain't going to have no more problems at all. I'm good. Well, I was totally wrong. You got to put in that work, let me tell you. Uh, so I was uh, diagnosed. Uh, actually, Aaron wanted me to talk, uh, give my testimony about victory. And so he called me, and then I got off the phone. And my wife, she's always like, who's that? And I was like, well, that was a pastor. And he, she's like, and then she goes, well, what did he want? And I'm like, well, he wanted me to give my testimony on Easter about victory. And she's like, what would you say? And I was like, well, I can't tell Jesus no, you know. I mean, I got I to gotta speak. So I've been working on it. And, uh, you know, one thing that came to mind, uh, I got cancer about two years ago, two and a half years ago, and it's been a tough battle. But uh, I believe one of the reasons why that I'm cancer-free is because I was, uh, I had a real bad problem with drinking. And so that is one of my biggest victories in my life. Uh, don't get me wrong, like... You know, having victory over cancer, being saved was great, but like my drinking was, that was a problem, man. I was, it was a big problem. Uh, you know, I, I was basically shackled in chains. Uh, I really wanted to stop drinking. Uh, I caused my family a lot of pain from drinking. I have an OWI, that's on my record. Uh, my wife, God bless her, uh, She's had to put up with a lot from my drinking. She never gave up on me. Uh, she always, you know, just stuck by my side. And, uh, you know, when I was drinking, there's a Bible verse. And well, like when I was drinking at the time, I had always, I knew it was bad. Like I, I knew it was wrong, uh, but I couldn't do nothing. I was, I was a slave to it. I was captured. I was chained up. You know, I don't know. Some people might be going through that in here today. You know, if it's drugs, gambling, some type of sin in your life, you know it's bad, but you just can't, you, you can't do it by yourself. You can't give it up by yourself. I mean, you just can't. It's just too powerful. Uh, and there's this verse that I was kind of, when I was studying, kind of, trying to prepare. Uh, it all goes out the window once I'm up here. Uh, but there's this verse that came up, and it was in Luke 11. And it's uh, verse 9, and it says, And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. And you know, 
there's many times that I fell on my face, but every time, you know, you, you know, being drunk is one thing. It's all good that night, but when you wake up, man, you got that regret. You're laying in bed. Your wife won't even look at you. You're like, man, what did I do now? What did I do? My front window's kicked out. I'm like, dude. So, you know, but every time I would go back to God and I'd ask him, like, help me, you know what I mean? Like, please forgive me, you know, help me get rid of this problem. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I would fall short every time because a buddy would call and I'd be right back drinking or a football game would come on and we'd be drinking or, you know, whatever. And uh, so, I mean, if you keep asking, he will give you what you ask for. Uh, you have to, again, put in that work and, you know, uh, forgive me because I'm not really a good speaker, but uh, yeah. So what I was going to say was, uh, hold on. And so like my, uh, so when I was going through cancer, you know, I would, I would, I would keep on asking him and, you know, God, you know, he healed me and it started with, you know, coming up to these altars. Like when Kelly this morning was saying, you know, somebody, you know, you don't feel loved. If that's talking to you, you need to come up to these altars because that's a big part of the reason why I got healed too was I came up to these altars and I laid down my life for God. And I just told him, you know, I can't do this by myself. And he broke them chains for me and he gave me victory, you know. He, he, he broke them chains because every time that I would drink, I would slap on another chain on my body and it would be harder and harder for me to get it off. And uh, there, was a, there was another verse. It was also in Luke that that came up when I was, and it's Luke 23. Let me find it here. Excuse me. Thank you, Sammy. Appreciate you. Uh, but it's one of them verses, like, and again, like I said, I, I would always fall short, but it's like that song. Like, even if you fall short, don't give up on yourself, because like that song says, his love never gives up on you. I mean, he's always going to be there for you. He's always going to pick you back up. Yeah, you're going to feel like a total piece of crap, you know what I mean? Because what you're doing is wrong, and you know it's wrong, but Jesus is always there to welcome you back in. He's there to say, it's okay, you know, you fall short of the grace of God, but you got to get back up on your feet and you got to give it to him. And there was another verse that I had to really do. Uh, let me tell you a story, actually, now that my mind's coming back to me. Uh, Jesus gave me a blood cancer and I had a problem with drinking. And drinking is involved with your blood, you know. So it was a blood cancer that I had. And when, uh, and it is tough speaking, boy. <laughs> Like, you just, you have it right there for a moment, and if you don't go after it, it just goes blank again. Oh, uh, man, dude, I, I prepared for this, but I'm terrible at it. Uh, but what I had to do was I had to give away my life. And like in Luke 9, 23, it says, for any of you who wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you are trying to hang on to your life, you will lose it. And that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to hang on for my life and what I was doing in my life, and it was totally wrong. I had to give it up to God. I had to give it up his way. And now, I mean, through what he did to me, I had to go through a little pain and suffering, but it's nothing what he went through us on that cross. There's nothing. I mean, it, that's, that's just a small fraction of what, 
you know, I, what he, I mean, what I went through. But the story that just came back to my mind, so here is, here's, a, here's a, an example. So we, I was cancer-free for about a year and a half, okay? My cancer went away. I was cancer-free. I gave up drinking. I was done drinking. And then about a year and a half, my buddy's going to get married in Florida. And so he was like, hey, man, you want to come to Florida? Be my best man. I said, heck, yeah. So we go to Florida, me and my family. I have an appointment that week before I go to Florida. Everything's good. My cancer's still gone. I'm doing great. We go to Florida, and I get on that beach. And this is a way that the devil will get in your head and talk to you. I was in Florida, and we're on the beach enjoying life. Everything's good. Well, he starts whispering in my ear, hey, man, you know, you should celebrate. You're good. You're on the beach. You're with your family. You're healthy. Have a couple drinks. It'll be fine. So me, being a knucklehead that I am, I'm like, all right, yeah, that's true. You know, so I have a couple drinks, and, we, and, we, and nothing happened, nothing wrong, but I gave back into that sin. And then when I came back from Florida, I had a doctor's appointment, and my cancer returned. It came back. I had a tumor in my arm, and I was not obedient to God. It's not like he was punishing me. I just wasn't obedient to him. And then I finally woke up, and that verse really speaks to me. You must give up your own way. Like, you have to give up your own way and take up the cross daily. Read your Bible. Come up here to the altar. You know, reach out to a fellow mature Christian. These guys will help you. They've been through it. And I'm not perfect at all, man, at all. I still have a lot more victory to go through. But all I can say is, you know, this church is powerful. God is real. I mean, look what he's done to my family. If you don't notice, we're up here in the second row jumping around when Kelton's on that guitar singing. So we're up here. I mean, he is alive and he will give you victory. I promise you. Because I was just like you once, man. I came into this church. I was quiet, sat here, and then God started to move. Don't reject him. I promise you, it is the best thing that you'll ever have in your life. And I am so thankful that he gave me victory over my drinking. And I just, I, I thank you guys for always praying for me and, you know, saving my life, basically, honestly. So I thank you. I appreciate you. Yep. I did a lot better at home. You know, in our church, we could share testimony after testimony of the goodness of God and what he's done. And the ultimate reality is that we have a God that is alive and still working in us. And I'm so thankful to serve a God who loves me enough that he still speaks to me today. You know, um, I've got just a short message for you today. And we're going to eventually get there, but you can go ahead and turn now, if you'd like, into the book of Mark, chapter 16. But I'm not going to get there right away, but you've got your, you've got your thumb on the pulse of that scripture. You know, we have the opportunity to come into this place filled with the glory of God in celebration of what God has done. And it's clear for me that it's been a celebration today, Amen. It has been a celebration. But when we approach God, today is a reflection of our knowledge of what he's accomplished through the cross and through the grave. And some of us approach God differently. We might come in a little timid. 
Maybe you're timid because you don't know his love and grace. Maybe some people come in and they can be pretty arrogant because we don't even fathom or understand the, the only right we have to stand before God is because of his son. Some of us might come in here empty, yet to experience the satisfaction and hope of the things that God does offer. But when it comes to us being completely empty, there's times where I've been empty and it's a good place. I've poured myself out. I've offered myself to others. But in our state of spiritual emptiness, it always speaks to a void. It speaks to a loneliness. It speaks to not carrying any meaning. And for us as believers, what should drive us is the fact that there are people out there out there that are still feeling empty and we carry this message that can bring hope, peace, and completely fill them with purpose and love. The very purpose Christ came back was to fill empty souls. That's why he came. Without him, we are empty vessels. We have nothing. And that emptiness is the very absence of the presence of God. And we don't realize that when we are in that state of emptiness, we can get on some pretty destructive paths in trying to find something that fills that God-shaped hole. And in that search, we don't know exactly what it is we're looking for, but in lacking direction and walking in that uncertainty, in feeling lonely, you might go down paths that steer you in a place that is destructive. You know, and without God, we search, we, we search for answers, we search for meaning, but what you find is you are never satisfied. And what I have found is that God does fill that void. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, it says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted, listen to this, He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. And there, so the reason that we are searching, the reason that there is that longing, is because God has planted eternity in people's hearts. And so we start searching, looking for where we can find that can fill that void. But God in his creation, he purposed from the very beginning communion with you. He wants to spend time with you. And what happened was man was created and man's sin created separation between us and God. And then there is, because of that separation, an emptiness that happens. You know, God is perfect. And it was impossible for us to reconcile our sin on our own. And that's what, that, that's what has driven man apart from God. Then God sent Jesus. And so Jesus, he came down to the earth as man, but also fully God. In fact, in Luke 19, 10, it says, For the Son of Man, he came to seek those who are lost. So God sends his Son, Jesus Christ, down to the earth for those who are lost, those who are empty. And his solution to your emptiness was offering his own life. 
It's a very mysterious and curious thing and people trying to wrap their mind around exactly who Jesus is and how he fulfills God's purpose. But it describes the act that Jesus did as an emptying of himself. So here we are as empty souls. Jesus Christ comes down and he empties himself because he wanted to experience what we experience. He wanted to sympathize with our weakness. And by coming down and doing that, he proved that he could overcome sin and overcome the world. You know, in Philippians 2.7 it says, and speaking about Jesus, it says, Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. That means he left heaven. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he came down to the earth for us. Now our communion that we took today, that communion, that is representative of the, of the death of Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus was on the cross for us, when they wanted to verify he was dead, if you want to recognize or, or see what this is symbolic of, this blood the, or the, the, uh, the grape juice is the blood. The bread is his body. When he was on the cross, something they did to verify if he was dead, they pierced his side with a spear. In John 19, 34, it says, One of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water flowed out. Now let me tell you why that is significant. We're talking about a bunch of symbolic things, and we're going to tie it all up in a nice bow here at the end. That sacrifice of Jesus Christ that you hear about repeatedly, Easter after Easter, that you hear about in church regularly, that sacrifice, that shedding of blood was what would cover our sin. You know, Ethan talked about blood and how that, that, that uh, cancer that he had, it's a blood disease. You know, for God, in order to reconcile with mankind, would require the shedding of perfect blood. In the Old Testament, what they would do is they'd take sacrifices and they'd sacrifice it to God. They, they'd, they'd split them in two. They, the, the blood was very symbolic. In fact, they called it lifeblood. But the issue was that everything up to that point had been born into sin. And so when I say that Jesus Christ came down and he overcame sin, he overcame the world, he was that perfect representation that was needed to become the sacrifice for us so that we could be reconciled to God. And so he died on the cross as God's act of kindness to us. And what's interesting is if you could only place yourselves in the shoes of those for a moment who were a witness to it, they saw defeat at that moment. When Jesus died on the cross, they saw defeat. Satan personally and everything that he was trying to accomplish, he saw as Jesus was defeated. After Jesus had died on the cross, and they verified of his death. They took his body down. And so the cross became empty. And I got a question for you. When you think of the cross, what do you see? You know, if you were to look at the Catholic crucifix, you would see Jesus' body on a cross. And obviously we can look to the cross as a symbol of God's act of mercy, 
on humanity, but it also brings us much sorrow. But something that I want you to take note of that is so significant for our lives today is that Jesus Christ, when he died on that cross, he died once and for all. It was once and for all. So, so his, his body is removed, and I want to read this real quick because, we're, again, we're wrapping this all in a nice bow. Matthew 27, 57 through 59, it says, As evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who had become a follower of Jesus, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of cloth. So we hear that, and we hear about Jesus' body being removed from the cross. And we can acknowledge that Jesus' body no longer remains there. So that crucifix that I talked about, that you see Jesus' body hanging on there, I don't look at the cross as having Jesus still up there. What he did, he did for once and for all. And God putting him on the cross was, again, an act of mercy on humanity, but the cross itself is a symbol of sorrow. And church, how I look at the cross today, that empty cross is somewhere that I belonged. I belonged on that cross. See, I have to come into this place, and when I hear about Christ and who he is and what he's done, I have to acknowledge that I have sinned, I have fallen short of the glory of God. We all have. And I don't want to minimize sin. There are things that I've done that I'm not proud of. Ethan mentioned there's things he's done that he's not proud of. And in doing those things, I've hurt others. I've hurt myself. I've brought myself shame. Things that I've tried to forget. And I've caused myself and others immense pain. And what I've found is as much as I tried to make penance for the things I've done, there's nothing I could do to make up for what I did. But then there's Jesus. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 14, it says, You were dead because of your sins, and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God, everyone in here say, then God. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of our sins. And he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. I can only escape punishment for the wrongs I've done because of Jesus. Because of the act of Jesus on the cross. And church, now the cross remains empty and we can look at the cross in light of Christ's suffering for our sins once and for all time. That's according to 1 Peter 3.18. Jesus never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the Spirit. And church, let me lastly tell you why we can come in here celebrating today. Because not only is the cross empty, but the grave is empty. Amen. You know where it spoke to his body being taken and put in the grave? And we sang about it today that it was put there for three days. 
We now have an empty grave that is that ultimate symbol of victory. And that's the main verse that I want to talk about today. Mark 16, 1 through 7. I'm almost done. Well, yeah, sure. Maybe we could just be quiet for a minute. I mean, Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices for they could anoint, so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just as sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked. But the angel said, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. It's very significant here that it said that Christ told him that he would be risen again. But yet they were walking in defeat. And now that they see that Jesus Christ has victory over death. All the proof lies in his power. Death could not overcome him. And you and I, we can choose to serve a God that is not dead, that is alive. And you and I have a chance, as Ethan spoke to again in his testimony, we can can go to him, and if you are empty, you can be filled. Because now his spirit is reaching out to humanity and showing that there is purpose, there is hope, there is love, there is mercy in those who choose to follow out after him. Jesus Christ emptied himself so you can be filled. And he does fill you with those things. He fills you with love, hope, peace, and joy. And any attempt that we can try and make to be satisfied outside of Jesus Christ you'll find it still creates a longing. But when you find Jesus, you recognize that those things don't matter anymore. And those things that you tried to have fulfill you that never did, those things can be left off to the wayside. And the greatest thing I find about Christ is in his death, he took my sin. And so the punishment that I deserved on that cross, he's already taken. So that when God looks down on me, he sees someone covered by the blood of his son. He sees someone and he's satisfied. Not because of what I've done, but because of what Christ has done in me. And church, I need to claim that each and every day. Every day I recognize my need for him. That there is nothing I can do to honor him besides honoring the son and living my life through Jesus Christ. And so today what I want to do is I want to give you opportunity to choose Jesus. 
Because that's what he can do. He can make a way for you to be fulfilled. He can make a way for your hope in heaven. But all the questions of life, they're answered through him. Just pursue him. So if you could bow your heads. And what I want you to do is I want you to just think upon God sending his son for you. If you were the only person in the world, he would have done it for you. And all those things that you've done, all the wrongs that you've done, in a moment, God can take away by you claiming the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And God chooses to recognize your wrongs no more. Because each and every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's no penance you can pay. There's no sacrifice you can make. You just freely choose Jesus. That's why I celebrate today. So if you're here and you'd say, Pastor, man, I I just, I want to make that choice. I want to choose him. I need hope. I need to stop chasing things that don't satisfy me. I want freedom from the things I've done that are wrong, from the sin. And if you say, Pastor, I claim Jesus Christ today, I want to claim him. Would you raise your hand if that's you? His hands up all over the place. Praise God. Praise God. What I want you to do where you're at, whether, you're, whether you've believed in Christ a long time or you're choosing to believe in him today, I want you to lift both hands to him right now. And I want you to repeat this prayer, and I want you to know that, it, it, that there's no formula to this. In fact, John 10, 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I, I want you to embrace. It's just about confessing Christ. And so would you repeat after me, Father God, I want to thank you for sending your Son for me. God, my life is open for you to fill me with your spirit. God, come into my life. Make me new. Forgive me for all the wrong I've done. I claim your son's sacrifice. I celebrate in his victory over death. And I choose to walk in new life. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Lastly, something important that I want to do. Um, We have a team this week going to Tijuana. And... uh, What we're going to do is we're just going to, as a church, we're just going to have you all 
pray for them as they come up here. So if you're going to Tijuana this coming Saturday, if you could come down. Let's just have it. Yeah. Tell you what, if, if I'm excited for this group. I tell you what, I, 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 I believe in what they're doing. Right, I believe in what they're doing, and and um, you know, in, in Mark 16, also Jesus tells the disciples to go into the world and make disciples. And uh, I praise God for each one of these guys that they are going, that they have been faithful to the call. And uh, so I want you all to stand up. I want you to stand up. Put your hands out towards these folks right now because we're going to pray blessing over them as they leave. And I want you just to pray blessing and protection over them this morning. Father, I just thank you for each one of these faithful servants right now, God, these people who have heeded the call of your word to come forth and, and go and spread the gospel this week. God, I just pray as th that you would give them traveling mercies, God, that you would give them safe travels, God, that you would give them on-time flights, Father, that you would yes. give them that you would give them travel mercies as they go through the border, Lord, that you would get their, their trips speedy and quick, Father. Lord, I pray for safety over each and every one of them on the job sites as they build this home, this home Father, I pray that you would be uh, cover them, Lord. Just cover them with 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 your safety, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just pray for opportunity to spread the good news, Lord. The salvation through you, the good news of grace that there is life in you. So, Lord, I just pray for each one of these people, God. I pray for their families that are sending them, Lord. I pray that you would give them peace in their hearts as they send out their family members, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for their faithfulness, Lord. I just pray a blessing over them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen.